Blog Talk Radio. So it's faith-based. So you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know, a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know they was pretty much scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible is saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about Baltoads? Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me here again on the Atheist Roundtable this well, it's supposed to be weekly, but it's really not anymore because I'm a lazy slug. Uh, this weekly live call-in show about atheism and agnosticism, belief, non-belief, whatever happens to flow into your host's stream of consciousness for 30 or so minutes here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host. My name is Andrew Garber. Hey, listen, I know I haven't done a show in a while, but if you wouldn't mind just sending me your love anyway by sending me a friend request on Facebook, by liking the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable on Facebook, and most importantly by going to iTunes and giving me those oh so coveted five-star reviews. I just covered the ever-loving crap out of those five-star reviews. They give me nice, warm, squishy feelings inside. You know what doesn't? give me nice, warm, squishy feelings inside. It's when I hear stories about people losing family members because of their atheism. You know what makes me just boil inside is when I hear stories about people who, because of their atheism, their atheism has driven a wedge and has separated them from the people to whom they are closest. They've drawn deep, festering, open wounds in these once pristine relationships. I got uh, a Facebook message from a good buddy of mine, uh, Frank, who tweets uh, at InFrank. No, his name on Twitter is InFrank we, twer- we Trust, and his Twitter handle is Atheism Tweets. So if you want to, I've, got, I, I've tried to put a link in the show notes. It's Atheism underscore Tweets at Twitter. Go find him. He's awesome. He needs more subscribers or followers or whatever you do on Twitter. Listen, uh, my Twitter handle is at Garber Andrew, right? My name's Andrew Garber, and my Twitter handle is Garber Andrew. You can find me on Twitter. I'm mostly on Facebook. The point is that Frank told me to go and listen to the most recent episode of the Atheist Round, or not the Atheist Round, that's my show. The episode of the Atheist Experience, you know, the show where people actually call in and talk about atheism, not my show, that doesn't happen here, told me to go listen to the most recent episode of the Atheist Experience. At the very end of the show, there's a caller whose name is Dana. Dana tells a heartbreaking story. Her sister, Dana's sister, is in the twilight hours of her life. Apparently... Dana's sister is not long for this world. Dana has been closeted as an atheist for a long time. Okay, I think I think in the call it's been something like seven years, a long time, because she knew the kind of wedge, the kind of damage that this knowledge could have on her relationship with her sister. 
her sister, who is her best friend in life, her sister, who's someone who she looks up to, who she admires, who she respects, her sister, who is now her health is failing. And the only thing that anyone should ever want or need to do for a sibling that you care about when they are ill, the only thing you should ever have to do is be able to come by their side, give your love, give your support, and say, what can I do to make you comfortable? Because that's what family does. That's what it's supposed to do. Those are the good things about being in a family. Dana calls the atheist experience and says that her sister calls her and asks her if she was an atheist. And Dana, feeling cornered, said yes. Dana is an atheist. This is where you can hear in Dana's voice the pain, the, the trembling, as she tells how her sister told Dana that she didn't want to go to heaven if Dana wasn't going to be with her, that she didn't want to be in heaven if Dana's going to be burning in hell. And Dana is going to be burning in hell because she doesn't accept the love of Jesus or whatever it is that you have to do in Dana's sister's particular religion in order to gain admittance to eternal joy instead of being cast into eternal torment. I can't imagine. I, I, I can't fathom the kind of pain and heartache that that conversation must have caused. I can't even wrap my brain around it. All you ever want to do when you see someone you love in pain to come next to them and support them. But what's happened here? Dana's sister calls her up and tells her that she's going to go to hell because she's not right with God, because she doesn't have the faith, because she's looking for answers in reason and evidence instead of in faith and superstition. Well, maybe those that last one weren't, weren't words that were exchanged, actually, and it's my take on it. I can't, I, I, I honestly have been trying ever since I listened to the episode on Monday. I've been trying to wrap my brain around what it must feel like to be Dana. I, I, I can't kind of hurt and pain that that must have inflicted on her. I, I can't get there. I mean, I, all the hurt and pain that I can get, I don't think I can get to the level of empathy, of the kind of emotional trauma that that causes. When you're looking at someone that all you want to do is offer care and comfort and solace, and they come back at you with threats of eternal torment, and they come back at you as you're abandoning me to go to heaven without you, when they come back at you with these and there's no there's no way to combat that, right? This is not the time to have uh, a, theo, a theological debate about the merits 
or the dismerits of whatever evidence we have for the existence of whatever God. This is not the time to have this kind of debate. What do you win? Even if you win, what do you win? What is there to gain? Now, I want to say, before I get too far into this, that the hosts of the atheist experience, I think, did a really good job of being able to recover from this horrible situation, from the description of this terrible situation, and being able to offer comfort and help, solace and camaraderie and community to Dana. Um, I think they did a really good job of saying, listen, there are communities here. There are people here who want to help you, who want to support you, who want you to know that you don't have to go through this alone. I talk a lot on this show about the atheist community. I love the atheist community. The atheist community are such amazing, awesome people. And when we see someone like this hurting, we often reach out. Did you guys, did any of my listeners catch the 24-hour broadcast-a-thon that uh, Dogma Debate and David Smalley just did for Camp Quest? Amazing. Amazing. The atheist community loves to be able to show that kind of support to people. And I think that the hosts of the atheist experience did a really good job of trying to offer that kind of helps Dana, to try to surround her with love and support and camaraderie and community. I think that's what we have to do. And and I want to make sure that um, I don't understate how much I feel for Dana, for someone to have tried to hide for her sister's benefit who she was inside, for someone who tried for her sister's benefit to keep a part of of her life away from someone she loves for their own protection. I, I, I want to put one last point of emphasis on I cannot imagine how horrible that could be for Dana. And I'm I'm just broken up inside thinking about what that does to a person. But I want to also say that I think Dana's sister is also a victim. I want to say that I don't think Dana's sister is the villain in this story. Not at all. Not even a little bit. As much as I can't wrap my head around the pain that Dana feels. I also can't wrap my head around the pain that Dana's sister feels. I always believe, I always believe that people try to be good people. I think that Dana tries to be a good person. I think Dana's sister tries very hard to be a good person. The reason the reason that Dana's sister made that call and said those things was because she wants to be a good person, a good
a good person who actually believes that there is a heaven, that there is a hell, that there is an admittance test for the afterlife, who is ready to have their ticket punched and is afraid their sister, someone they love, someone they admire, someone they care for, is going to have their ticket punched in the wrong direction. Someone in that position would absolutely call and upset someone because they think they're doing the right thing. Because they're thinking they're doing a good thing. Because they think they're doing a righteous thing. This isn't a thing that was done out of malice. This isn't a thing that was done out of cruelty. Dana's sister has no intention of being cruel. She's doing this out of a... Consider this. I, I talked about this a couple of episodes back, but consider this. This is how far religion will take a good person and turn their actions, their motivations to do good, to do the most good, the best good. Is that even a word? To do the most good for the people they love. Look at what it makes them do. It makes them tear apart the last few moments that you would have with someone you love. It makes you sacrifice on the altar of an afterlife. The last couple of days that you might have with someone that you love and they love you, and what you're going to do is instead of embracing each other and telling each other you do love each other for the last few moments that you have, instead what you're going to do is drive a wedge. You're going to pervert and destroy your beautiful relationship because of myth and superstition. That's how it harms all of us. All of us. When, when Dana's sister, thinking she's doing good, attacks her sister out of love, that doesn't just harm Dana. It harms the people around Dana. It harms the entire family. Rob, of what is already a horrible situation, right? What is already, when you lose a loved one, when you can, I, I don't know what's worse sometimes, right? Uh, my, my wife's grandma uh, was what was killed in an auto accident. So it was fast. I mean, just bang, done, over. We get the news, it's sudden, it's shocking, and then it's done. With her grandfather, however, he passed away from Alzheimer's. And he died very, very slowly. My aunt had a degenerative bone disease. We watched her die for over a decade. As her body slowly, but modern medicine may be pretty awesome, but doesn't have cures for everything. Sometimes you just wait. I don't know which is worse sometimes, to know that you know, your ticket's about to be punched or just to have it punched and be done. It's hard to know. But what I do know is that in both cases, 
the only thing that family has to do is surround each other with love, support one another. What we can't do is allow this religion, this superstition, this mythological afterlife to rob us of comforting one another in a really crappy time in our lives. I mean, just imagine. When else would you absolutely need to be there for somebody? When else would you absolutely want to show how much you love and care and support someone? When else but when a loved one is dying? Dying. That has to be, has to be the number one time when we all have to come together and show our support for one another. And yet, what has religion done? It's hijacked our morality. It's hijacked our sensibility. It's hijacked our ability to just love one another. And it's replaced it with attacking people from their deathbed, from from people that we love and adore. People will ask me sometimes, what is it that I have so much against religion? People will say to me sometimes, for someone who says they don't like religion, you talk about an awful lot. Well, this is why. This is why. Because people are being robbed of their basic humanity. And it's being replaced by this religion. They're being robbed of the time that they get to spend with their loved ones, and it's being replaced by this superstition. That's not good or loving. I wish that, um, sometimes I wish that religion would just go away. And I know that it's not going to go away. But I wish that we could I, I wish it was a good time to say to a person, hey, hey, your morality is being hijacked by a religion. But just like it's not the time to have a theological discussion about whether or not God exists, it's probably not the best time to go up to her sister and talk about where do morals come from. Probably not the best time to have a moral debate either. So when do we do it? Seems to me we have to do it while we're alive, while we're kicking, while we're healthy. When it doesn't matter. We have to have the discussion literally when it doesn't matter, when the consequences are few. Right? That's hard part. Because when you're motivated to have the conversation, you can't because the stakes are too high. And when the stakes are low, you're not motivated to have the conversation because the stakes are so low. There's always tomorrow. There's always another time. I uh, I hope that Dane is going to be able to find all the love and all the support that she could possibly need. And I hope that Dana's sister will realize that her love for her sister and her love for her family is greater than the love that she has for her superstition. I hope this happens, but I don't know. We all know that grasp, that that hold that religion can have 
supersede the love we have for family. We all know that there are people out there who do indeed lose family forever to religion. I am so thankful that there is an atheist community here, that there are people in the community who are willing to build that community, to be able to extend it to people who have fallen out from their own biological families, that we are beginning to create at least a social safety net, perhaps not a financial one, but at least a family, a group of people who will be able to hear, listen, support, and understand. I think that's important for everyone to know that no matter where you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you think, what you believe, there's a community out here that's ready to invite you in and it makes me kind of heavy to think that uh, I, I know it's true because they've, they've done it for me. It's, uh, it's a good feeling. Um, I'm going to end tonight a little quickly uh, because, uh, to be honest, this, this, this story uh, took a lot out of me. Uh, I, again, I, on both sides, Whenever I think of one person, I have to remind myself, and yet there's another person here whose pain I can't possibly imagine, whose uh, distress is off the scale. And I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 I'm out. I can't, I can't go any further. I don't know. So, to my obligatory... Uh, advertisement for ReasonCon. Hey, I haven't talked about ReasonCon for about 20 minutes, and so you know I need to talk about ReasonCon. Listen, go to ReasonNC.com ReasonNC.com to uh, book your hotel, book your tickets, get your stuff together so that you can be at ReasonCon 3 in at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Hickory, North Carolina, April 21st and 22nd of 2017. You don't want to miss it. You don't. You don't want to miss it. Listen, if you don't want to go, if you don't want to go to a big convention like the the atheist uh, American Atheist Convention because it's it, 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 there's so much con happening, if you don't want to go to the Freedom from Religion Convention because it's really expensive, if you don't want to go to just this huge thing where you're never go- where there's no time to meet people, there's no time to talk. I would recommend that you think about Reason Con 3. The whole idea of Reason Con is for you to be able to meet the people that you came here to see. You will be able to meet Bobby Carey, who's going to be emceeing the event. You will be able to meet your favorite podcasters who are going to be there. You will be able to meet the speakers. I guarantee you. I guarantee it. You will be able to shake hands with all the people who are going to show up, and they will be appreciative to have met you. They'll be able to hobnob and just kind of 
chill and hang out. It'll be great. Okay, just think of this as a as a class reunion that you want to go to, right? I mean, we, we all we all have high school reunions. Nobody wants to go to those. Think of this as the kind of place where you get to meet all of your Facebook friends in person, live, with a, just a ton of fun. It is going to be amazing. That's what ReasonCon's about. People. It's about connections. It's awesome. And we've got a science fest this year, so that's really kind of cool. And uh, so, um, because there'll be Lawrence Krauss, Callie Wright, Matt Dillahunty, Aaron Rod, Jim Craig, Joey Siegel will be there. I mean, it's just going to be amazing. Um, I hear there's something going to happen with the god-awful movies people. Have you heard of those guys? Apparently, they're going to record an, uh, uh, an episode live at ReasonCon. So you can't go wrong there, can you? Uh, so, yeah. If you've ever thought, man, I'd like to go to an atheist convention, but, man, do I really want to spend all my time just listening to people talk and not really get to meet anybody and not really know what I'm going to be able to do? No. Not going to be like that at ReasonCon. It's going to be big. Friendly. It's going to be a bunch of hugging and, 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 a, and a lot of talking because there'll be a lot of podcasters there, people like me who just can't flip and shut up. It'll be fun. Be there. Go to ReasonCon. You will. So until next time, people, that was my, what, six, seven-minute advertisement for ReasonCon? So until next time, people, listen, I want you to take care of yourselves. Love each other. Tell the people in your life that you love, that you love them, that you love them unconditionally. You don't care about any life except this one because this is the life that we have. And this is the life that we have to love the people that are in it. And this is the life that we get to have those connections and hold on to them because this life is short. And it's too damn short to let religion hijack it from us. Take care of yourselves. God isn't here. We are. Good night. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook or find your host at slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to andrewtheatheist at gmail.com. This podcast is the official podcast of atheists, humanists, and agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided, as always, by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God is here. We are. Take care of yourselves. <laughs>